BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to a preseason edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Boy, does it feel good to say preseason basketball. That means that we are just that much closer to the real deal here in just a few short weeks. Rob Longo sitting with you here in the anchor chair on today's edition of the HHC. And to fill in the required quota of Sam's on a podcast, of course, I'm here with Sam Hurley of Hornets.com. Sam, we have a lot to get to today, including where do the Hornets kind of go from here after last night's win? What we liked what we didn't like but let's go ahead and just begin with a rewind of last night's game in Oklahoma City itself it was a 113 to 97 win in what at times seemed like in dominating fashion Charlotte did lead by as many as 25 at one point and held a 67 45 lead at halftime thanks to a 13 point performance by LaMelo Ball in the first half from there it was a little bit of a blase third quarter but James Booknight said otherwise in the fourth quarter he had 13 of his game high 20 points coming in in the fourth quarter and here's what the rookie had to say last night with Sam Farber immediately after the game about why he had such a successful night yeah uh, it's much different in college um, playing in college I was getting blitzed a lot but coming off off screens in here it's like the, the biggest playing back so I'm just taking advantage of that We'll get your thoughts here in a moment on James Booknight, Sam, but what he said there made me take a little bit of a deeper look at his shooting chart last night. He was 6-9 of nine from inside the paint and 5-5 five of five from the foul line. We saw flashes of this in Vegas during the summer league, but when he was out there with more of a seasoned NBA core, he just kind of took things to another level, it seemed like. Yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of fun watching him a little bit and make a good point about sort of the personnel around him. You saw him playing a little bit more off the ball. I think kind of into the fourth quarter, he was playing more on the ball. So really, really nice performance. I think, you know, sometimes with these preseason games, they can get really sloppy and sometimes that sloppiness can trickle over and just kind of make the whole thing a mess. But I thought he did a really good job of kind of leading that team in the fourth quarter. Obviously, they were up by 15 or 20 points. They did a good job of kind of 
you know, bring it home a little bit. I don't think OKC really ever threatened after after halftime at all. It was a really, really kind of overall nice performance and sort of that closing group with James Booknight and, and the rest of the guys I think was really, really solid. So I think it was great for him to get a great performance under his belt. I know he was a little shaky efficiency-wise out in Vegas, but certainly a really encouraging sign for the Hornets to have their 11th overall pick finish with 20 points in his, I guess you could say, preseason slash more regular form NBA debut? Sure, we'll go with that. I will trademark All that right. term for you. Sam, I'm not sure how you felt about last night, but for me, the first preseason game, it almost has that feeling of freshman orientation when you were in college. You're excited for this new adventure that's ahead of you. There's still a lot of unknowns. And while the main core of the Hornets from a season ago returns this year, there are still a lot of new faces in some role-playing situations surrounding Charlotte, much like you would step foot on your college campus for the first time, and you don't really know any one outside of maybe your roommate and a few people that you said a hi to along the way or in the hallway or anything like that. This game didn't hold that feeling throughout the game, but to me, it certainly did in the second half when we started seeing some of the reserves, some of the guys deeper into the bench getting more minutes. Yeah, I think so. And I love your analogy with freshman orientation. It's bringing me back a good number of years, maybe 15 years or so. It's fun times. But yeah, you know, I think a lot of that plays to general, the most of the core here for the Hornets is the same as last year. You've got LaMelo Ball, you've got Terry You've got PJ, Miles, Gordon. You know, the core is virtually the same. That couldn't be said a year ago looking back at the year. You didn't have Lamelli, you didn't have Gordon. So the core is in place, same as last year. I think the continuity and sort of the stability and the identity is already kind of functioning on all cylinders or firing on all cylinders right now. A lot of the moves they made in the offseason were kind of filling in the gaps, filling in those middle of the rotation, back of the rotation guys like Kelly Oubre's, like your Ish Smith, the rookies and James Booknight. I think you saw a lot good from Jalen McDaniels too, kind of make a little bit of a jump at least in that first preseason game. So I think a lot of how how good the team looked in Oklahoma City last night was just, I mean, they've been playing together. They've obviously played a lot in the offseason. You're starting to really see that familiarity pay off, really. Uh, in the first win, for sure. Jace Brega talked after the game about kind of forming that identity. Of course, there was an identity surrounding this team last season. This year, just well, based off of this first preseason game, seemed to be a little bit different. When you dive into the box score a little bit, I mentioned this on the postgame show last night with Sam Farber, it kind of seemed like a little bit of a 180 offensively. Points in the paint, outscoring OKC 62-36, to Three-pointers were not there last night for the Hornets, 9 of 33 from beyond York. Now, and I talked to Sam Farber about this, and there's a multitude of different things that could have happened here. It could have been the addition, of course, of Mason Plumlee being a bigger presence inside. He didn't score, but he had seven rebounds. It could be the point that Oklahoma City doesn't really have a true center. The tallest guy, really, that was out there playing the five was kind of sitting around 6'8", 6'9", so there was that size disadvantage there as well. There could be a number of different factors, but that is something that James Brago also noticed in last night's game. I would say we took a step forward in that. You know, I saw carryover. That's that was my message to the group before the game. We've worked an extremely, extremely hard this offseason on our game, on our schemes, on our identity, our bodies, our physicality. We've done a fairly good job in camp so far. And I thought there was carryover. So for me, I'm seeing the the signs of an identity being formed. I'm not saying we're there. We got a long way to go. This is just a start. But I thought we took a step in the right direction in formulating that that identity moving forward. Couldn't really say it better myself, Sam. But I mean, is there anything else really along those lines that kind of stuck out to you last night? 
in terms of those areas or just in general? Well, just in general, but I mean, like, kind of in that sense of forming that identity, seeing that inner presence in the paint, I felt like there was a little bit more there than we saw at times last season as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think finishing around the basket and finishing at the rim, the Hornets were not very good in this area last year. I think they were third lowest restricted area field goal percentage, so I think it was certainly something they want to address in the offseason and kind of really focus on this year. I mean, it's just easy points right around the basket. Um, like you said, 62 paint points. They shot 31 of 49, so maybe around 66% or so. thought that was really good. I think matchup-wise, like you said, I mean, this is, I think they're just bigger than Oklahoma City. I think they really took advantage of that size differential, and you're going to have nights where hey, on paper, you're bigger than this team. We'll go out and prove that you're bigger than them and take advantage of that. And then you're going to have nights where you go up against a Giannis or a Joel Embiid or someone like that, that you're really going to have to go, you know, above and beyond to kind of get even with them. So, you know, it's all about kind of looking at those strengths and weaknesses of different teams. So, but like you said, I think Oklahoma City is just, I have Moscala at center, Pokusevsky is kind of an untraditional center. And then the starting lineup, Isaiah Roby is a little bit more of a smaller, small ball center, maybe traditionally. So that's what it's about. You know, it's about finding mismatches and taking advantage of them. That's what the Hornets did. They really kind of took control in that paint that made up for some uh, some three-point shooting that I think was a little lackluster, I guess, for their standards. It all adds up to a 113-97 to win. The Hornets improved the 1-0 in the preseason. Of course, it is still early over the Oklahoma City Thunder, and we'll be back in action on Thursday here at the Hive against the Memphis Grizzlies. Of course, if you want to join us here at the Hive, you can still grab some tickets. Go ahead over to Hornets.com to check those out. What we liked, what we didn't like, well, that's on the way next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Be sure to check out the Hornets Fan Shop at Spectrum Center. Now open Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Check out all the newest Hornets gear or grab a new pair of J's. It's an easy trip on the light rail or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 at HornetsFanshop.com. Rob Longo and Sam Burley with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast following Charlotte's one. 13 to 97 win in Oklahoma City. And Sam, there's a lot to like from last night's game. We talked a little bit about what we didn't like in that last segment, but here's our chance to really shine on the positives of last night. Of course, a win is always nice. Preseason, you're looking at, to borrow a term from Sam Farber, you're looking a little bit at silver linings as well to see how everybody gels together. Everybody's on the floor for the first time. You're not going up against your same guys that you normally would in training camp, going against the same guys every day, day in and day out but what were some of the things that you really took a positive from in last night's win well two things that really stuck out to me and they're kind of intertwined is this new starting lineup i think this is the basically swapping out pj washington for miles and i think this is something that maybe everyone kind of had a feel was coming this year you know with how well miles played last year with gordon out and then how well pj has also thrived off the bench in that small ball five he spoke about it on sunday how he really kind of is enjoying that role and i think in a pinch or in some situation if someone gets hurt could easily plug pj back into that starting lineup four or five down the line fingers crossed that doesn't happen but this new look starting lineup or i guess kind of retooled with lamello terry gordon Miles at the four, and then Mason Plumley. I think, got the team off to a really great start. I mean, they were out, you know, I don't think they trailed. Maybe it was like 4-2 or something they were down, and then they went on a little run and never looked back. So I love the start they got off to. I think that was something that kind of hurt the team last year at some points. I think they didn't get off to great starts, and then they played catch-up the rest of the game, and that just leaves so little margin for error. So I like the new lineup. Obviously, you know, it's got a long ways to go in terms of building that chemistry together. They haven't really played together 
ever, really. You know, Gordon and Miles didn't start at the same time last year, but I think the start they got off to against the Thunder was really, really encouraging for sure. Here's what Terry Rozier said after last night's game about not only getting that starting lineup to gel together, but kind of following on what James Rago said about kind of getting that identity in there as well. It's a team that's trying to improve still. You know, we ain't been together for more than a week. So, you know, we're just trying to go out there and just 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 play hard, give our effort. So that we've been working on in training camp, and I think we did that tonight. Uh, you know, we got a lot of guys that special that can play, so we're just trying to build off of that and just keep going. So once again, the starting five from last night's game, LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, Mason Plumley. Then, kind of to get that rotation moving a little bit, the first guy off the bench was P.J. Washington. He came in and played that small ball five. Kelly Oubre-ish Smith also came in there and played a little bit as well. And then the Hornets just really took off an extended run. I think there was a run in there about 20-8 to eight at one point that stretched from the first quarter to the second quarter. In fact, the Hornets finished the first quarter on a 12-0 run as it is. For me, one of the positives I looked at, and I kept kind of harping on this a little bit on some of the offseason podcasts that we had and just kind of some storylines I saw throughout camp was the addition of Ish Smith. Of course, you did have Devontae Graham. You had Malik Monk last season, and they're great point guards. Don't get me wrong. I mean, look, Malik Monk is with the Lakers now in a reserved role, and now you have Devontae Graham being a starter in New Orleans. But Ish Smith seemed like he kind of could be that missing piece in the second unit, that veteran presence to kind of calm everybody down in the heat of the moment. If something goes awry, Ish Smith is there to kind of say, hey, I'm the vet here. I can kind of relax. And there was a little bit of a connection in that second unit last night as well between Ish Smith and Jalen McDaniels. Smith crossover lob for McDaniels who will throw it down on the baseline. Oh my goodness, what a find from Smith and what a cut from Jalen McDaniels. That was just one of the many connections from last night's game. Sam, I'm wondering if you kind of saw the same thing that I saw. Yeah, I think specifically Jalen looked really, really good. I think he's a guy that, you know, didn't really get into the rotation to start the year last year. I think he went briefly went down to the G League bubble and then um, came back. And I think with some of the injuries, he kind of got thrown in there at the 3-4 position. I want to say he was playing more 3 last year than he was 4. And the year before, it was like more 4 as opposed to 3. So I think that he really kind of developed some versatility and some trust with the coaching staff that – that trust factor is something he kind of talked about media day last week. So I thought he was really good. I think combined with PJ off the bench, he was really using his length, using his versatility. I think he finished with 12 points, you know, just really, really kind of overall solid performance from Jalen and, yeah, 12.7 rebounds, and he was plus 26 in the plus-minus. So, obviously, there's a lot of factors going to that, but that's a pretty encouraging number. The team played really well when he was out on the court, and I think it was another kind of interesting development. I think everybody kind of looked at that spot as being maybe him and Kai Jones, that backup four, and it looks like Jalen kind of right now just based on last night, it's kind of penciled in there for right now as we didn't see Kai Jones until late into the fourth quarter. But to be expected, he's a rookie, and Jalen's obviously going into his third year. But overall, yeah, really impressive and encouraging performance by the uh, third-year forward out of San Diego State. One of the things James Brago mentioned yesterday in his pregame talks when shoot-around and his little chat with Sam Farber before the game was he was only going to look to get the starters a minimum run, 20 minutes. I think it ended up holding about that spot between 15 and 20 minutes, depending if you're one one of the more veteran guys or if you're one of the younger guys or just you know in general needed a little bit of extended work and it's tough to get minutes in games like this when you know you have the starters go out there for 20 minutes and then you got to find minutes for 10 other guys and see what they can do on the floor as well and of course one of the other positives we can look at how could we forget about LaMelo Ball. Rogier out with it gives to the corner ball fall away three nothing but net LaMelo Ball.
Melo finishes with 13 points in the first half. He was 6 of 10 from the floor through those first 24 minutes of play. He finishes with a blackjack, 21 minutes played, 7 of 13 from the floor, 1 of 4 beyond the arc. Not the greatest shooting night in that regard. He finishes with 15 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, and he also had 2 steals. So once again, LaMelo Ball back to his old ways, filling up the stat sheet. It's just kind of nonchalant at this point, I feel like, for Hornets fans. Yeah, I think we, we take it for granted. You're kind of looking at all these other guys, you know, these new pieces and new additions and new starting lineup. And then, oh, there's, you know, LaMelo kind of racking up everything again in the stat sheet. But, I mean, what a special player. I mean, the Hornets are so lucky. And I think it's the way this team is kind of built around LaMelo and sort of the way they're kind of be able to push the pace and push it in transition. It's a really huge benefit to have. And I think one thing in particular that stuck out to me quickly about his play is, you know, he did this a little bit last year, but you think you saw it a little bit more frequently tonight. Is really nice kind of floater. He, he dropped a couple floaters right around the free throw line. Something he did do a little bit last year, maybe not a whole lot, but, you know, it looks to be, you know, he's kind of adding a little bit more to his game. And hopefully, you know, that means, you know, when you start adding things, it helps everything else around it get better so overall obviously uh really good performance from the reigning rookie of the year plenty of stuff that we liked there's probably a couple of things that we didn't like if you wanted to nitpick it was kind of funny because last night dutch gately was supposed to join us on our halftime show and there was a little issue with the microphone the microphone wasn't turned on we had to turn it on and sam farber jokingly said to dutch well you know that's probably the worst thing or the biggest mistake that anybody wearing purple and teal tonight has done and dutch of course you know being typical coach speak said well there's a couple of things we can improve on but to me sam there's obviously not a lot to look at obviously there's that three-point shooting like i said nine to thirty from beyond the arc. Free throw shooting got a little bit better as the game got on 16 to 24 from the foul line. But other than that, there's not much to pick out about in a negative category, at least what the Hornets were able to do last night. Yeah. And I think you kind of take preseason with a grain of salt. I mean, you know, for as much good as they had this game, I think you're, you're going to have to expect there's going to be some drawbacks. Obviously, the three-point shooting, you know, if you're JB, you kind of have to go back and look at the film. How good are the looks? Is it just making, is it not hitting open shots? Is it not getting good looks? You know, is a combination of both. I think the turnovers, you know, obviously 22 is, you know, a little high. You want that number probably at least under 15, but just the way the team moves and pass, it's going to be, it's going to more naturally be up there. But, you know, that's going to be, I think you look across the NBA last night, you look at some box scores, there are plenty of teams that had over 20 turnovers. So I think that's about it. I think, yeah, in Oklahoma City even finished with 22. So they weren't, you know, they actually exactly the same. So I think that was kind of the only two things overall. I think you have to be fairly pleased with how things played out against the Thunder. One more quick thing to take a look at, too, as well. Shooting percentage for OKC was at 38%. The Hornets held the Thunder to just 33 of 86 from the floor in that what ended up being a 113-97 to win in Oklahoma City. So where do the Hornets go from here? What are some of the storylines we're going to look at as we take a look into Thursday's game against Memphis here at the Hive? We'll talk about that next right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all your information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. 
Rob Longo and Sam Perley with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, recapping and taking a look ahead after Charlotte's 113-97 win on the road at Oklahoma City to start things off here in the preseason. Of course, four preseason games. We'll get things started here Thursday at 7 o'clock here at the Hive against the Memphis Grizzlies. And Sam, we're not going to get into a whole preview of Memphis and Charlotte. We'll get to that on Thursday's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, but I know it's preseason, but I still get really excited when I see a matchup like LaMelo Ball and John Morant going against each other. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? Let's get rid of that phrase, it's only preseason, because if you go back to the end of the regular season, I think the Hornets lost five straight. They lost the playing game. They lost every game in Summer League. I'll take any win we can get right now. So A win is a win is a win is a win. Even if it is preseason, win's a win. So that being said, yeah, I think, you know, the the matchup between LaMelo and John Moran is obviously, you know, it's two of the best young point guards in the NBA. It's, you know, the last two reigning, the last two rookies of the year. You know, I didn't know what Memphis did or what they've done thus far. I'm not sure if they played yet, but, you know, that would be an exciting matchup. I think another thing I want to see is, you know, we touched on how pleased JB seemed to be with the physicality and sort of the paint play and finishing around the rim in this one. And Memphis was a team last year that really kind of pushed them around. You know, there were a handful of teams last year that just because of the size and everything, they really kind of bullied the Hornets a little bit. And I think this is a great opportunity. They've kind of swapped out some personnel with Steven Adams for Valanchunas, who's arguably a even stronger player than what they had before. You know, I think it'll be a really good test on that front to kind of keep going and keep that physicality they showcase to get against the Thunder alive in their preseason home opener. Just one of the many things to look at in Thursday's game. Of course, we'll have that for you on Thursday's edition of the HHC. So where do the Hornets go from here? One of the storylines that I want to take a look at, Sam, and we kind of alluded to it in the previous segments, is what does this starting lineup look like? There was a lot of questions going into the preseason about what did the front court look like? Obviously, we knew that Mason Plumley was going to start the five. I mean, you don't trade for a guy like Mason Plumley if you're not going to start him at the five. So the question becomes, where does the four position fall? Where does Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington fall? We got a little bit of an answer last night with Miles Bridges getting the start, and then we saw P.J. Washington being that sixth guy off the bench and playing the small ball five. Now, is that how it's going to shape up all season? Probably not. I mean, you got to take a look at matchups and that sort of thing, and we already talked about that, how Oklahoma City doesn't really have a true center. But here's what Miles said last night about what that starting lineup looks like, especially all things considered that happened last year. Uh, I think we did a good job. Uh, We got a lot of guys that can make plays a lot of guys that can make shots so I, I like the group and as long as we keep continuing to move the ball I think we're going to be a problem that's something that a lot of people don't realize about last season yeah Miles Bridges had a really great end to the season despite health and safety protocols and missing six games down the stretch when Gordon Hayward was hurt he stepped up in a big way but once again just common sense there Miles didn't really play a whole lot with Gordon at that point. I mean, Miles was kind of that guy that came off the bench in the four spot last season. Of course, he got some run with Gordon Hayward at times, but for the most part, those two haven't really played together. So I'm interested to see, you know, not only A, if Miles Bridges is the definitive starter at the four spot or if it fluctuates depending on matchup situations, but also B, how those two gel together. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't necessarily think about that in the starting lineup is they they really kind of just missed each other. And that was Miles. Also, when he filled in for Gordon, was playing more of the 
three, and then it was sort of a combination of Cody, Jalen, Biz, Vernon, uh, you know, all sorts of different guys there in that four and five PJ as well. You know, I would say something, you know, what you saw last night in terms of the starting lineup against Oklahoma City, yeah, it's true. It's not necessarily guaranteed to be the starting lineup on opening night, but there's also something to be said about you're not running out of starting lineup like that against Oklahoma City. When you only got four preseason games, you're not even playing the whole time during them. I mean, the whole goal is to kind of get playing groups in the lineups, familiarized in chemistry. So without saying that you think that's going to be the starting lineup on opening night, it certainly gives credence to this is probably where Coach Borrego is leaning. Now, again, things can happen, and you know you want to tinker with different lineups, but I think there's a lot to be said about you don't have a whole lot of time to get this team ready before opening night in a couple of weeks. As much continuity, as much reps as you can get together with this starting five, I think you take advantage of it. So without saying it one way or the other, hopefully, uh, you know, something to think about for sure. And with that said, there's something to think about what the five spot looks like as well. Of course, like I said, Mason Plumley, he's your guy in the starting lineup. But whenever you know, Mason needs a break. You start going to the bench a little bit. P.J. Washington steps into that stretch five, and it's kind of hard to take a guy out of the lineup at the stretch five that can do stuff like this. Over to P.J. Washington. He's feeling it. Fires another three. Ripped the net cord. P.J.'s got a dozen. He's knocked down three threes. Hornets leading by 19. P.J. Washington last night finishes 20 minutes played, 14 points, 3 of 5 from beyond the arc. That includes a 5 of 7 clip from the floor. Sam, one of the things I wanted to look forward to in last night's game was kind of getting an answer about the backup 5 position. And I think that the way things kind of shook out, we didn't really get that answer. I mean, like I said, P.J. had 20 minutes, and he kind of fluctuated between that 4 and that stretch 5. And then you got other guys in there like Nick Richards that had a little bit of an extended run, 12 minutes, finishes with 5 rebounds and 3 points. Kai Jones gets some run at the very, very end of the game with eight minutes and four points played. And then JT Thor played 10 minutes and was held scoreless. So like I mentioned, I don't think we got that much of an answer about the backup five spot based on last night's game and rotation. Yeah, but you got to be really pleased with how PJ looked. I mean, the clip, obviously, but I think something that's really kind of improved for him, not only is he kind of a threat offensively, he can stretch the floor as a center. You know, he's not a traditional big man in that sense, not exactly playing close to the basket and things like that. He can, but he can also open up the floor a little bit. And I think his defense has gotten a lot better in the last year. You know, he's making a lot of plays, making a lot of steals. I think he had a couple blocks in this game. His ball handling has gotten a lot better. You know, you know, as the center, you're kind of sort of the quarterback or leading the defense. You're the one that kind of under the basket can kind of see the other four positions. And I think PJ took a really big step forward last year in defending centers. I think he took a lot of pride in kind of getting matched up with bigger guys and things like that. So, you know, I wouldn't say you necessarily, you know, have all the answers right now at the backup five position. I still think you can kind of do some different stuff and tinker with some different lineups if you're Coach Borrego, but you got to be thrilled with what you've seen with P.J. I mean, you really kind of unlocked something last year when he was basically forced into action right off the bat when, when Cody Zeller broke his hand. I mean, kind of threw him in there at that backup five. So really encouraging. I mean, you got to be pleased with how he's playing. And, you know, obviously this first preseason game is hopefully a good sign of things to come. P.J. Washington, by the way, finishes the game last night. It's kind of hard to measure defensive metrics, but finishes as a plus 18 coming off the bench. Jalen McDaniels, by the way, plus 26. No wonder you were so high on him, Sam. Yeah, I like that. I, I love the number. And yeah, all, like you said, with the, his little, you know, chemistry with Ish, I think looked good. You know, it's a guy, you know, you look at real quick on Jalen, you know, he's a guy that if you kind of pencil everybody in, he's sort of on that 9-10 rotation frame 
fringe. You know, you're going to play nine guys, you're going to play ten guys. You know, it's, it's going to be a real battle for minutes there. And, you know, Jalen certainly looked like he's a guy that wants to go out and get a lot of playing time this year. And that's what you do when you have deeper teams and deeper lineups and deeper rotations. You know, you want guys to go out there and make it hard for you to take them off the floor. And I think Jalen certainly did that in this first preseason game. Hornets, by the way, finished with 10 blocks last night. That is well high above anything we really saw last season. A couple times that the team reached 9 or 10, but it was very few and far between during that 72-game schedule. A lot to love about last night's game. Again, a 113-97 win for the Hornets over Oklahoma City. Be back in action on Thursday against the Memphis Grizzlies here at the Hive. Once again, you can catch your tickets at Hornets.com and join us here for a showdown between LaMelo Ball and Ja Morant. Sam Burley of Hornets.com. Appreciate you, as always, stopping by here on the Hornets Hivecast. Yes, absolutely. And before I log off, because Sam Farber is texting me right now, thankfully the Hornets won because it made up for a very bitter fantasy loss to Sam Farber. He's literally texting me right now, so I would be remiss if I did not give a shout-out. Congratulations, Mr. Farber. You have knocked off one of the only undefeated teams in our league. I'm now 3-1. and one. Enjoy your victory. I'll enjoy this Hornets victory and hope we get another one on Thursday night. I'm going to stay out of the middle of this one, but it sounds like somebody lost a bet. That's all I'm going to say. There was no bet. Just, you know, you sit next to each other in the office and there's a little bit of back and forth. And I was kind of talking a big game during the week and it came back to bite me a little bit. So hopefully I will get back on track next week against whoever, whoever I'm facing in the uh, the communications department league. Hopefully it's not me because my team did not do very well this week and we will leave it at that. Thank you to Sam Perley of Hornets.com and thank you all to listening as well. Once again, coming up on Thursday, Sam Farber will chat with Stan Norfleet of Sports Radio WFNZ to get you set for the Hornets taking on the Grizzlies. Until next time, I'm Rob Longo saying so long and we'll see you on the Hornets Hivecast. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.